and welcome to Moving Through Menopause. It's Philippa here talking with Claire Otterwell. And uh, Claire is an aromatherapist. And so we are talking all about those symptoms that uh, come to plague us when we are traveling through this time of life. Uh, well, we can't talk about all of them, Claire, not today. So we decided we would focus on, uh, on a few of those symptoms. Uh, so hello, Claire, how are you today? Morning, Philippa. It's um, quite sunny down here, which for me is just makes such a massive difference um, on my mental health. Mm. So yeah, I'm good. I'm glad the sun is shining and um, we're in spring. Oh, I know. Spring has sprung, the grass has risen, and uh, it is wonderful when the sun shines. There's no doubt about that. It really does lift your spirits. Yeah. Um, but maybe if you're not getting enough sleep, it still might feel like uh, that we're a little bit jaded. I must say, actually, and I did say this on Monday, that the clock's changing uh, does give me a little bit of cause for disruption over, um, you know, over this uh, first week. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that uh, I shall adjust to, uh, as we do to all these things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I have to say that I wasn't very happy about the clocks changing and I know there is a movement to stop that happening mm. that's been delayed because of everything that's going on. Um, and, you know, I just can't wait till it just, I just needed to stay as it is, you know, but some people have done really well on it. And I, I have spoken to people with sleep problems who have really benefited from the um, extra hour, as in it come, them going to bed, yeah. getting one extra hour in before midnight, because that's when, a lot of the really precious sleep is gathered is before midnight. Well, that's quite right. <clears throat> and I say this to my children all the time. <laughs> Every hour before midnight counts for two after. <laughs> They're not listening, Claire. They won't. They're teenagers or young adults, aren't they? There's no yeah. way. I think the programs to just be, that's kind of, you know, a really hormonal time, isn't it? Just be completely yeah. and alive with the hormones. Yeah, alive with the hormones, whereas ours are playing as like a fiddle. And uh, yeah, so sleep, definitely, that was something, Claire, that I've, I've struggled with. But on reflection, it's something I've struggled with on and off through the whole of my um, adult life, really. So it was probably comes as no surprise that um, the decline in estrogen levels just kicked that into a, another level of, uh, of sleeplessness, which um, for me involved... I guess I could always get to sleep because I was always really tired, but uh, waking six, seven times in the night, not, I mean, not even always boiling hot, just sometimes just waking. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I would turn over and go back to sleep again. But that disruption and, you know, not getting into our deeper restorative sleep uh, did definitely um, make my life quite uh, tiresome. <laughs> I guess is the reason we call it tiresome. Oh dear. So what kinds of things, you know, what, I mean, I must say, having said that, about to ask you a question, that I do resort to uh, lavender to help me with that, uh, rubbing it on myself, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, maybe vaporizing it in the room that you're about to try and nod off in. Um, so uh, is, am I right? Is that a good thing for us to be doing? 
Yes, absolutely. And lavender works for some people, though, and it doesn't work for others. So mm -hmm. it depends on whether lavender does it for you. And you'll know that because you should expect to get results from it, as opposed to just thinking, why is, you know, it's okay that it doesn't work, or I like the smell mm -hmm. of this. It's like, no, if you're not getting into sleep, then you need to add some extra oils in with the lavender or change it up altogether and try something different. Oh, okay. That you could try are um, if you wanted to put some marjoram, sweet marjoram, in with your lavender. Oh. That works quite well. That works extremely well with children. It's a very gentle oil, sweet marjoram. Um, other ones for some people that um, really struggle, and it's that kind of waking up in the middle of the night struggle. So not having struggle to get off, but the insomnia that kicks in later on. Melissa is a really oh. good one for that. Um, that's lemon balm. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Uh, that was yeah. doing from. So does it? It smells lemony, doesn't it? That one. Yes, it's yeah. got lemony herbal um, scent to it. Oh. Um, mm. Mm, it's very very good and um that can really knock people out like bring them into the deeper sleep also vetiver that's another one mm. another one that's really good for sleep and that what? goes quite well with lavender what is that what is that derived from this is a grass vetiver oh well. and it's called vetiver isn't isn't it the grass is the grass called that uh, yes, I think it is. Yes, yeah, I think it does sound familiar now. You mentioned that, and um, and it reminds me actually that uh, I was in France on a holiday on one occasion, and uh, they uh, they favour vervain as a, a herbal infusion. Yeah, the V kind of reminded me. Ah, oh, there it is. Yeah, I bought some when I was there and brought it back actually. Um, so uh, uh, I can't remember. You can put that with other things, obviously. Vervain. What what does it go well with? Well, vervain um, is really good because I know we're going to talk about some other things as well as it treating insomnia. Yeah. You can put. I would recommend putting on like a herb, like making up a herbal tea, and that's what I would do for someone anyway, based on their palates and what they particularly would need. But you could put vervain with lavender and have that oh. late at night. Popular ones include valerian. A lot oh, of people what is it? Yeah. Um, then you've got um, hops. Um, people mm. like to add in hops. You've got lavender, hops, rose. That's a really good one for just for people that have kind of got anxiety mm. and that's when awake, like the kind of overthinking mind. Um, mm. Quite common in Gemini. It's like, mm. so to dial that down, so putting vervain with that. Um, mm. What else would I recommend? So, yeah, I mean, you've got, yeah, those are the kind of main ones, I guess, for sleep that mm. I kind of give. It depends. It depends what it is that's stopping the person's sleep because sometimes it can just be their body because they're struggling to process what they've eaten. So they've eaten too late at night. Mm. They just kind of come alive. Um, also, I've noticed with alcohol. Oh, yeah, don't even tell me. <laughs> wake up when it leaves your system like your body's processed it you kind of go off a sugar low and then that kind of wakes you up as well um mm. in processing so in that case you'd be looking at different kind mm. of oils to help with that elimination yeah so i mean obviously there isn't one size fits all and we're all we're all different and you know it is worth 
investigating or interrogating the the source of symptoms because you know that there are almost limitless combinations of the different kinds of things that could be uh, contributing and so treating it in the broadest sense uh, you know sleep uh, herbs are an adjunct something that we can use alongside other approaches uh, as with the her uh, the uh, the oils <clears throat> but uh, and so this is something that I favor a sort of multifaceted approach where we uh, tackle uh, the various contributing factors um, and so something that I know helps me is a meditation for one and actually uh, I get the most benefit uh, meditating to help me sleep when I do it in the morning actually so you you know you kind of think oh yes if I meditate just before I go to bed that will help me sleep but but the physiological effects on the brain, we actually get the most benefit if we use it a bit like, a, you know, in a preventative way and uh, ideally in a morning, but definitely not leaving it to the very last thing at night, uh, it, unless you do it twice, perhaps you might want to do it twice. Uh, so that really helped me. And then, of course, the early morning exposure to light, we know this is something that will help with the um, the chemical balances in the brain, the melatonin, I think it is, that, uh, that helps us to sleep. And so, uh, you know, getting out in the fresh air, take some exercise, uh, ideally before 9 a.m., if possible, to, uh, to get the most benefit from that early morning exposure to light. And then, of course, reducing the blue light later in the day and uh, and I kind of uh, was was curious to understand the distinction between television and uh, handheld devices or computer screens. And basically, they all give off blue light. But because our televisions are so much further away from our eyes, we we don't have the same negative effects from that blue light exposure that we might do from something that's much closer up to us so you know if you if you are because that you know that can be a thing people watching uh movies and television on on a computer screen which invariably you end up sitting closer to if it's particularly if it's smaller so uh, so you know save your movies put them on the television and sit further away absolutely completely i mean that's the thing as you say it's a complex picture and the individual's got to work out what they're mm. Triggers are that are stopping mm. clients that basically think they can get away with drinking one cup of coffee in the morning because they absolutely love coffee and they think I'm only having one. It's first thing in the morning. It's got nothing to do with the fact mm. that I keep waking up all night. But actually, caffeine is just too strong for their system. It's too stimulating. So even at night, it's kind of stopping them, kind of going to sleep or waking them up in the middle of the night. And they're just like, "How can that be?" And it's like because you're taking something that you're intolerant to. Yeah. yeah. Well. I know, and even if you're not intolerant, caffeine's got a huge half-life, which means that at the very latest time that ideally, if, if you are having trouble sleeping, is noon. Uh, not after noon is, uh, is, this, is the rule in this house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know I love my rules, Claire. Um. It's a good thing. I like rules too, absolutely, especially rules around health and well-being, so... Yeah, there you go. Rules, rules. You know, if it's a rule, then you're more likely to do it, aren't you? So, um, fatigue. 
is something that said, oh my gosh, you know, that was terrible. I was so fatigued in the afternoons every day. And, and of course you could put it down to not sleeping, uh, you know, in this, like I say, the restful fashion. But actually, I think, I think there was more to it than that. Um, uh, and so, oh my gosh, after two o'clock in the afternoon, I used to be hopeless. Uh, oh gosh, it was murder. And, uh, you know, working in the afternoon, any sort of thinking, or if I tried to read anything, I was just nearly on the nodding off, you know. So, um, I mean, is, is that a different, would you say there's different uh, alternatives that we could use under those circumstances or are they very similar? Um, no, they're not similar because one, you're asking to go to sleep and the other, you're asking to kind of you know, wake up. <laughs> it's you make a good point. <laughs> um, and if it's in the afternoon and somebody's telling me that, then I would be looking at their diet and saying, what have you been eating and what have you been drinking? Because mm. that is the most likely culprit, I have to say, as this digestion system just going, oh. So it's tired mm. anyway, perhaps. Stressed, perhaps. I mean, mm. stress is a really big disruptor for positive digestion. Mm. Um, and then you kind of like, so that's all going on and all the kind of blood leaves your body and just goes down to your digestion system as it tries to sort everything out and you're just yeah, left yeah. and utterly, so if that happens to you, then um, what you can do, other than obviously change your diet, but if that's not immediately possible, then the oils that will wake you up are the citric oils. Oh. So it could be orange, it could be lemon. Lemon's a really good digestive aid and also a waken-upper. Peppermint, mm. that's oxygenated, that's going to really kind of zing you back into life, and rosemary. That's another one which is really good for clearing kind of fatigue and waking you up and giving you greater powers of concentration and memory. Oh yeah. And I mean that's fantastic, isn't it? I I you you remind me now. I do I do love uh, the peppermint. That really uh, speaks to me. And uh, and so does it work in the same way if we were to drink an infusion as it would be to rub it on you? No. No, well, it, no, because if you, you're dealing with the medicinal properties of the plant only, there's no nutritive benefit, but you're getting the kind of, you know, and the way I take the peppermint is the dry inhalation, a drop on the palms and then mm. through that way and up the back of the neck. That's like the quickest way and the most enlivening way to get it into your system. You rub it on you as well, which you do afterwards, then yes, it's going to go in, but you really want that immediate kind of wow. transition the brain yeah. taking it in that way when you drink it um it has a different reaction like drinking the tea i mean a cup of peppermint a drop of peppermint oil is some is ridiculous it's something like 48 times as kind of strong as the individual herb itself so it's a, it's a different thing and also the herb itself is going to be the nutritional it's going to have the it's the whole plant mm. so it's much more gentle and in that way, it's soothing and it can wake you up as well. A lot of people have a lot of success with mint tea being something nice and fresh to kind of drink after a heavy meal. Um, also, yeah. lemon juice is going to be good, again, for that kind of, you know, vitamin C wake up. And that's what you want. You want kind of vitamin C. You want calcium um, for waking up. Um, what other things will be good for teas? I guess anything that's fresh that's gonna kind of make you feel zingy. So maybe licorice for some people. Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. Like, yeah. like that. 
really well, yeah. Mm. Get some blends in the supermarket, um, mint and licorice together. Yeah, there is, yeah. Okay, I'm here, I'm with you, yeah. So. Okay, all right, yeah, so ingesting it, you, you're more likely to have digestive effects on the digestive system, but I think, you know, when you are drinking it, you're kind of sniffing it as well at the same oh, time. Yeah. No, you are, you're going to have that wake-up, but it's just going to be lots kind of more gentle, whereas having yeah. a drop of peppermint oil or lemon oil is going to be like an immediate, wow, okay. Yeah. Back, yeah. In <laughs> Back in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it definitely does does give you that. There's no doubt about that. And I, um, and I just, you said before, using things that you... Uh, you like the smell of generally those those are going to be the things that are appropriate or work for you yeah, yeah. well yeah because if you love the smell of it you're going to be like oh this is bliss whereas if you don't like the smell that someone's told you you should be doing this it's going to be horrible I mean I do have clients that hate peppermint so oh. you know it really is a bit more marmite than perhaps we can imagine I think most people do yeah. like it, but there are people that are like Ooh. and in that case I'm like use rosemary people as well heavy heads tension headaches fatigue just kind of frankincense is also very kind of you know awakening enlivening really good passes the blood brain mm. um, so it gets right up there so another yeah. i do i do love that frankincense it's an it was a new one on me but i do really enjoy it and um <clears throat> that's my son's school ringing me <laughs> wonder what that's all about anyway <laughs> oh dear so you know thinking i suppose uh, my you know as we know my mo is movement and um and so you can reawaken and reinvigorate with movement and uh you know uh, and or actually micro naps you know i did and i would have i would have done that uh put on a meditation a guided meditation have a lie down and if i happened to nod off part way through then that was fine i would allow myself that and then of course luckily for me there's the bell at the end and that would wake me up and i'd had a micro nap and honestly felt um you know ready to seize the, what remained of the day um uh, you know, and so it, it is if that's something that we can fit into our lives, micro napping actually uh, has been shown to be quite beneficial. And uh, uh, and so, you know, you don't want to go and lie down for an hour because then you will wake up feeling groggy. But, uh, you know, even I would sometimes just nod off for five minutes and wake up feeling like I'd had a, a real proper rest. So, uh so you know give yourself permission to if you are you know at the point of feeling like you're about to nod off then maybe you do need to have a micro nap but set the alarm so that you're not uh, you're not going to be there for too long <laughs> how long would you say is like a good time for a micro nap then well so the body's circadian rhythms go in 40 minute cycles so you want to, it wants to be divisible so either 20 or 40 is a good number and so my guided meditations that I would use were 20 minutes long and so I knew that I wouldn't it wouldn't be any longer than that um, and and that worked really well actually 
So, um, and then of course, if you know, if, if going to sleep on the job is not an option, then, then perhaps, uh, you know, moving is the other, is the other way of uh, circulating the blood to the brain. If we just stand up, we'll get more blood circulating to the brain. Um, perhaps if you stand and do some windmills, circling the arms, you know, like this, and just really get the blood circulating uh, down to the fingertips, up to the brain, and and actually deep breathing as well. You know, we can uh, we can change a lot about how we feel with with the breath. Uh, and so there are invigorating breaths. We think about breathing as being something that we use deep breaths to relax. But, you know, there are invigorating breath techniques. Uh, Kapalabhati is one of them. I don't even know if I say that right, but I like that pronunciation. So I'm sticking with it. Um, and so that's a more vigorous breath technique. And, uh, and so invigorating thus. And, uh, you know, so there are lots of different options, things. Mm -hmm. Can you show us? Can we see from different uh, Well, yes. <laughs> so there's different versions, actually. I was listening to Jay Shetty talk about his version of Kapalabhati, but um, the, the, in the context I understand it is, we're expelling air from the lungs in a forced fashion, which is a rapid exhalation, and that the inhalation that follows is almost automatic as the diaphragm uh, moves. So you would obviously, in order to ex exhale forcibly, uh, you've got to, uh, hang on, hang on. Yeah, you've got to inhale first. There you go. So we would begin with an inhale and then exhale. And this has got to be through the nostrils, of course. And it's using the diaphragm to exhale. I'm actually concerned that I haven't, I haven't blown my nose and I don't... <laughs> I'm, you know, you're never quite sure in yoga what might happen. So, uh, yeah, inhaling uh, on a count of four, something like that. And then forcibly exhale through the nostrils using the diaphragm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> inhale. That quickly. Yeah, yeah, quickly, rapidly. Well, as quick as you can do it. So, uh, you know, I've trained my diaphragm with all this breath work and yoga and whatnot. So, uh, um, you know, so that's something that comes with practice. And just a few rounds. Now, bear in mind, you can get a, a little bit heady when you start to do some of these techniques. Yeah. That happened to me. I'm like, Whoa. I know, it can happen. So you, you might only do half a dozen cycles of that and then have a rest. And of course, you know, like we have to say with all these things, um, you don't just embark on a program of, of self-care without being absolutely sure that your body's up to it and you've checked with your doctor beforehand. Uh, there are respiratory conditions that can preclude you and any sort of uh, raised intracranial pressure, uh, raised pressure in the eyeballs, you know, so we've, we've got to think about um, uh, doing things that are going to be, be good for us. Sometimes we intuitively know, and if we're, if we're healthy and robust, then uh, there's no reason to try, uh, not to try these things. But it's the same for you, isn't it? That, you know, we need to take care with people's health and well-being, and, uh, and we're only ever trying to make them feel better, not worse. So, um, so you know, moving on to digestion, I think, I think you've heard my stories about this before. So probably now that you mentioned the link between fatigue and digestion, my insides were playing me like a fiddle through menopause. 
and uh, and so that highly likely that was linked into my afternoon slump that I would uh, hang on there we go <laughs> that I would experience so optimizing digestion at this time when uh, when we know it's impaired impeded uh, it, then there are uh, things we can do with oils and things we can do with uh, food obviously herbs herbs are just that aren't they food yeah absolutely so um a good digestion oil is lemon um it's really good for um supporting the body to um do what it needs to do and it calms nausea upset tummy things like that if you're looking for oils to um calm down kind of bloating and gas and things like that then you're looking at caraway fennel all the things that you would typically expect mm -hmm. licorice again very good for kind of calming the digestion but if you're getting loads of bloating and mm -hmm. gas then you need to again be looking at what you're eating mm -hmm. and what it's doing to you is it too tough for you and mm -hmm. um, as in too much fiber it's like making your guts work too hard when they just mm -hmm. want sufficient and so that lunchtime meal is actually really integral to kind of being alive for the afternoon and the best way to kind of get access to um an enlivened state is to eat well and i would recommend at this point and i do say to a lot of my clients is vegetable juices um especially ones that don't have the fiber in them and it's just the juice so the body doesn't have to work at all when it's breaking them down it just literally gets flooded with instant nutrition that it is totally bio bioavailable to it and you can make these up before you go to work in the morning or you can make them up at kind of you know lunch time and enjoy the making process and use that to do your mm. five minutes meditation or you know as you're kind of mm. chopping you know give yourself mm. a little bit of space mm. um and drinking those is just like automatically and i do find that when i do things like that that i feel so much better and also like natural soups anything that's natural i think what people tend to do though is we come from a culture where people eat a lot of sandwiches and it's this kind of mm. like it's lunchtime I need to eat something. I'm going to go down to, you know, whichever well-known brands and get myself like a baguette or I'm going to go to the local sandwich shop and buy myself a really nice sandwich. And they mm. choose things in them, but they're quite kind of like heavy. And then they're like, oh, I don't know why I feel. And they do that with a bit of caffeine. So they've got Oof going on and Oof going on. And it's like, oh, the body's <laughs> Yeah, that kind of roller coaster. Now I'm going to you're really tired, um, especially if people eat a lot of sweet things because then the body releases loads of insulin to try and get the blood sugar out of the blood mm. and then taking too much out and that's where you get that kind of sugar hangover. So you want to kind of remain constant and there are vitamins that you can take that can help with that, like um, chromium picolinate is really good for um, taking alongside um, um, meals um, to manage your blood mm. sugar and vitamin B and things like that but in terms of um, herbs what you want to be drinking some good ones that I thought people wouldn't have heard of um, <laughs> to confuse everyone with it don't just get you to think outside the box are things like wood betony um, that's really good for poor digestion when people aren't basically able to um, digest things very well and it encourages the uh, liver to work better to help with the food breakdown mm -hmm. Um, then you've got vervain, which we already talked about, which is oh. fabulous, but also respiratory health as well as, you know, and headaches, tension headaches, things like that, digestion health. Nettle, 
um, which is great tonic and um, is very good for digestion. And also, if you do find that you know you're secret eating, because we all do things that possibly we might have an intolerance to that we don't really want to accept, nettle's very good at kind of dialing down our histamine reaction. So um, really good one. And nettle's brilliant at this time of day for, time of year, sorry, for allergies. So if you're an allergic person in that office or wherever, sneezing away and feeling horrible, adding nettles into your diet, whether it be in the tea or in, in your smoothie, your vegetable smoothie, very, very good for you. Um, another one which is good for those that are denying their food intolerances is lemon balm. So that's a nice mm-hmm. drink. I'm having that. It's not going to make you feel sleepy in that respect. It's just going to kind mm-hmm. of you know, give you digestive comfort. And then another one is um, really good for wind is agrimony. Agrimony. Yeah. And that's really good for kind of, you know, the digestive tract, wind, spasms, things like that. Very, very good. And it really encourages bile production. And if you're someone who's got quite a dry system that's quite dehydrated, this is where you could also use these herbs to kind of provide some mucilage down the... um, mucous membranes in the body which kind of moistens them up and keeps them protected because dehydration mm. is an issue which affects sleep fatigue poor digestion muscles everything so and it's so easy to get dehydrated so and people don't realize that so no well oh do you know what i'm really fascinated on the the, the vegetable juice uh do you do you have a do you do this for yourself is this something you do yes so you've got a juicer. Is it a juicer you call it? Yeah. yeah. Slow masticating juicer. A what? A slow masticating juicer. Whoa. So when it juices, it has this kind of thing that's like beats it up and then it puts the pulp out in one thing and it gives you the juice in another. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm interested. I, I love, I love that the sound of that, and uh, it's something that's been on my list of things that I would rather like for quite some time. <laughs> but, uh, but I think uh, that because of the fruit, um, you know, juicing the the suggestion that really we we should be eating the whole fruit rather than juicing the fruits, but the vegetables. Uh, that's a whole nother ball game, I, and uh, and so you're talking about adding your herbs into a vegetable uh you can do it that way i would drink these guys because most of these are are dried so you'd have to rehydrate them so you do tea etc no the vegetable juices that you want to be focusing on you want about a thousand milligrams a day or milliliters sorry same difference you want to be focusing on cruciferous vegetables so what you're talking about here is like cabbages, kale, spinach, things like that. You want your greens, nettles, things like that, going in the cruciferous, and that's the bulk of it. And then you want carrots, ginger, you know, beetroot, celery. I put apples in mine, but some people find apples, they can't tolerate them. I don't mm. put a lot of fruit in them. I will go and pick all my herbs in my garden as well. So I might put dandelion leaves in, um, ground mm. ivy, ground elder um hairy bitty press i know but they're really good for you they've got so did you say ivy ground ivy grows across the ground ground ivy okay pretty it's got a little purple flower oh okay things like that especially weeds that have grown naturally haven't been processed Mm. because obviously picking them where the council's spraying all their pesticides etc like Mm. i grow in my garden 
and no one, no animals defecated on top of them. So they're nice and kind of in good quality. Mm. Those kind of things are just fabulous resources for kind of natural kind of vitamins and minerals. And mm. they taste really nice. They're quite bitter. Some of them are quite fiery, spicy, but that's what you need. Now, I have quite a weak digestion system. I'm cancer. I know you are too and we suffer from like a weakened digestion system I also blood type A which means that I am a natural vegetarian and um, heavy greasy foods and meats and things like that quite hard for me to process so I do much better on a vegetarian diet although I do eat meat I'm not a vegetarian but I have to watch it mm. so vegetable juices with lots of greens in these things so my gardens are fabulous because they encourage my liver to produce better bile and they encourage my stomach acids to be stronger so it's mm. helping the whole kind of food breakdown process, which means it's more available for my small intestines to absorb into my body. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a there's so many things whizzing round in my head now. I don't know, don't know where to begin. We we need a list, Claire. No, <laughs> no. You need a consultation, Philippa. You need oh, to that's what it is. And I will work it all out for you and tell you what you should eat, what you're intolerant, oh, okay. what oils and things like that. That's what you need. But oh. it is complicated and it is down to the yeah. individual to tolerate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. There, there's so many things we could choose from and it's choosing the right ones for us. So, uh, you know, and I, a movement, there's no doubt that movement aids digestion. Um, there's lots of uh, just walking, because I know a lot of people around the time of menopause suffer with constipation, and that probably does speak to dehydration to a certain extent. Um, but just walking, moving the sacroiliac joints is going to make a difference to uh, the gut motility. And uh, and so in... And in um, in yoga, a lot of the poses, I mean, the famous wind-relieving pose. Uh, I don't do yoga, I do Pilates, but I do oh, yeah. have, like a wind-relieving pose. Yeah, there's one that's actually called that. So, well, basically, you hug your knees in towards your chest. Ah, oh, and yeah. roll the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, pelvic rocking, pelvic tilting, we do that in Pilates, don't we? Uh, that that can be something that uh, that just gives uh, it stimulates the gut, if you like, and uh, and then the you know rocking your knees side to side, and um, and then hugging the knees in towards the chest. Those are all things that that could potentially help to uh, alleviate abdominal symptoms, and which I've had on and off through my whole adult life with uh, irritable bowel and one thing and another. So definitely, um, and then massaging, obviously. The other thing that, we, uh, you know, we're big on in physiotherapy is, um, is the power of touch. And, uh, and so massaging in that, um, <clears throat> I guess, you have to go down on the left. I don't want to say clockwise or anticlockwise because it depends which way you're looking. But if you join a circle and then you want to go down on the left-hand side of your, uh, of your abdominal area, and so a circular kind of massaging, uh, can uh, can also uh, you know render some relief, um, but I think you know in in all things prevention is better than cure. If we if we possibly can uh, kind of be aware of triggers, you know, and this is this applies across the board. Whether it's anger, whether it's frustration, or whether it's abdominal bloating, you know, the, the, there are triggers for all these things, 
and uh, and so if we can kind of be aware of our triggers and uh, sometimes it's something you have to stop having altogether just for a little while uh, uh, to give your system a rest um, and actually that's the other thing that I've been doing more latterly is um, time restricted eating so that my digestive system does get a rest. I think, you know, this 24-hour lifestyle um, that we've we've kind of been uh, thrust upon us, whether we like it or not, uh, you know, the availability of food, the fact that we could potentially be consuming almost every minute of the day whilst we are awake. Uh, it, it really, you know, your digestive system works best if it, it has intermittent exposure, if it, if it has work to do intermittently through the day rather than constantly. And so, you know, like I say to my husband, that latte is a meal in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, your body has to process that like it would a meal, uh, albeit a smaller meal. Um, and so to give your body a rest from... Uh, nutrients and have intermittent exposure gives it the best chance to process things efficiently and effectively. Um, so, uh, so yeah, try and just rein it in a bit and go with the herbal teas because there's, you know, they're giving us get they're giving us nutrients but without any work to do, you know, for the insides. Absolutely, and that's also why giving your the vegetable juices are so brilliant when they're mm. just themselves because the body doesn't have to work to use them so it gives your entire kind of digestive system a break mm. so it's really good especially for people with acid reflux or have ulcerative colitis anything like that mm. it's an excellent way of getting the nutrients without with giving everything else a rest to do some recovery so mm. you can add one of those in like with mm. a lot of things i sometimes have mine with brazil nuts or something like that some brazil mm. nuts then that as in afterwards so i've got a tiny oh, not in there as well um that kind of gives my body a break in the middle of the day and actually quick mm. filling i mean i take a lot of vitamins because i believe in mega vitamin dosing so that also helps as well balance any cravings out because mm. i think that thing when you're tired you go for mm. something sweet don't you because you're oh. like i just need to get through oh i'm gonna have you know i'm gonna have a nice coffee i'm gonna have a hot chocolate i'm gonna have a piece of cake i'm gonna have a biscuit mm. and it, on the face of it you get to feel good for a very short period of time and then you, you can feel really dreadful again afterwards yeah. and, you know but you have another one and it just becomes like mm. a circle i mean i did a lot of survival on chocolate which I, it was absolute poison to me but i've been eating chocolate i've got a proper addiction for quite a few years now and I'm not, I really can't do chocolate. So I have actually managed to stop recently, but only with my mm. mega vitamin dosing has helped stabilize my blood sugar so that I don't crave it. And then I'm okay. Yeah, that is hard, isn't it? That cyclical nature of cravings. I think, uh, you know, I'm loving the sound of the vegetable juice. I'm going to, this is going to be on my list of things that I'm going to bring into my life, which ha I haven't yet up until this point. Um, I, and I like the idea of, you know, the meditative nature of chopping vegetables. I love chopping vegetables. Brilliant. You come to my house and chop my vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win uh so yeah i'm really happy about that and then of course we've left this to the last and it's really you know for some people it's it's very significant that they suffer with physical the physical aches and pains and 
you know, Claire, I don't know what it was about me and perimenopause, but I, I think I had them all. There's very few symptoms that I didn't actually have. And so what I noticed that I'd never felt before was in the small joints in my fingers and in my feet. Um, uh, and uh, so that was my joints, I suppose, aching. And then secondly, oh my gosh, the worst, the worst doms in the world. So I'm going to say that and people will say, well, doms, what on earth are you talking about? What I'm talking about is delayed onset muscle soreness. And so that's that's that sensation that when you've done a, a workout and the day after you're thinking, oh, gee whiz, my thigh muscles hurting or whatever. And that's your DOMS kicking in. And uh, and so for me, I've always exercised regularly and, uh, you know, and fairly intensively uh, because I love it. And, uh, you know, and I've had DOMS on and off from time to time. But with through that perimenopause stage, I really really was struggling to and thinking you know what I hardly did anything this wasn't a, a strenuous workout why and not it wasn't just one place it was just the whole of me hurting afterwards so um so what kinds of things have you got up your sleeve Claire for this well the first thing I'd say to people is just be really mindful of the fact that you seriously cut back on your exercise when you are going through this as in you need to exercise but it has to be more gentle and what gentle means to one person doesn't mean the same to the other so some people mm -hmm. can you know they love bike riding cycling but that cycling's absolutely fine for them and other people they love running you know you just got to work it out but if you're getting a lot of that stuff then it's a very clear signal to calm down because your body's just going I can't do this as well I'm trying to get you through this huge transition and you're giving me this as well what are you doing? So when you're in that what are you doing stage, obviously nutritionally resourcing yourself properly is imperative. If you don't give your body enough vitamin C, it can't repair very well. And then you need all the mm. other minerals that go alongside of that to support mm. it. But in terms of um, instant relief, then on the oil front, we're talking peppermint again, because peppermint applied topically as an analgesic. So it will really kind of reduce inflammation, cool down those muscles, soothe you. Um, eucalyptus will do the same thing. Uh, lemon also helps with clearing away any kind of damaged cells or any kind of bruising or things like that. You want lemon to help to get rid of the kind of damage. Lavender also analgesic and also really helps with aches and pains. Rosemary, put those all together, you smell the vine and that also helps with aches and pains. They all kind of potinate each other. Ah. Really good. And what you can do is run yourself a nice hot bath, put in some Epsom salts, some Himalayan pink salts, and add those oils in and have a soap for 20 minutes, and you will feel enlivened. And you want to just be drinking water before and after or one of these natural herbal teas because that process of osmosis is drawing quite a lot out of you. And people get the mistake of, and also don't get up too quickly, of getting out of those things and thinking, oh, I feel so much better. I'm just going to have a beer or a glass of wine or a gin and tonic. And it's like, no, you just need to rehydrate and ideally bed. So this is kind of something you do last thing at night, really. Have a very deep bath, like a nourishing bath. Get out, put yourself to bed and just let that body recover. Mm. Um, Herb-wise on that, um, it's really kind of there's lots of different ones that will help as such like you could drink them peppermint um 
but I'd say I'd go oils more than um, yeah. eggs. I'd go oils and I'd be looking at kind of, you know, making sure I had enough magnesium so you can get magnesium tablets because magnesium is really good, isn't it, for relaxing the muscles. So mm. it's about that, potassium, helping the muscles to do their job properly. So mm. things like magnesium, vitamin C, the mm. amino oils to make sure that you're oiled up. Um, because, yes, I went stiff as well. Literally, I felt like a, I'd literally become an old woman overnight because mine was a menopause, so it literally was. One day I was okay, the next day I wasn't. Um, and so that was very dramatic. And, um, yeah, oiling your system up and things like avocados, good things with good kind of quality fats in them that you need, that your brain can use, your muscles can use. Um, so, yeah, mackerel, oily fish, things like that, really, really good. And you kind of got to see yourself in this whole 3D kind of experience and if you do feel that you're over exercising which you will know if you are doing what's going on for you what are you running from there needs to be some time thinking about kind of you know what is it that's driving this over exercising because you're trying to stop yourself thinking because that's quite often what happens we're pulling ourselves into our body and going, I don't really want to think about that so I'm just going to do some more exercise or you've got body image issues and you're thinking you know I, I'm just getting too fat I'm out of control I want to be slim again I'm going to just it doesn't matter that this hurts I'm just going to burn through it because mm -hmm. I want your old body back and it's like do you really want you know that's not really going to happen and you know but you can get a really good body back it's just about nourishing and supporting mm. it to do it properly yeah I think I yeah no I, I mean I think I can appreciate uh, what you're saying because uh that definitely was that was the time when I did come to yoga actually having having spent a large portion of my life thinking that yoga was not uh not a workout it was you know I didn't count yeah, I know. I know. I was really um, uh, ill-informed anyway. So uh, so that was the time. And so learning to nourish your body with movement rather than drain yourself and, uh, yeah, to build up the reserves with meditation and mindful movement, really nurture yourself and uh, and take care. And, and I think being in tune as well is the other thing that yoga, yoga really helps me to be more... Um, cognizance of you know what it is that I do and the effects that that has uh, the ramifications down the line which maybe I was ignorant of before um so so yeah the the, the you know there's so much for us to, to think about to uh, to take this opportunity to reevaluate um I think uh, you know it is. It is potentially we could look at it that way, couldn't we? An opportunity to to grow, develop, <clears throat> learn new skills, uh, acquire new, more healthful habits, and uh, and really travel onward to the next part of this journey, uh, renewed, uh, refreshed, reinvigorated. And, uh, you know, what, older and wiser, as the saying goes. Yeah, because, the, you know, you're not going anywhere, hopefully. And so you want to make the best of your life. So it's like, this is your last chance. This is a last throw at the dice to kind of, you know, live your best life as you go through, mm -hmm. and, you know, get everything you can out of it. Because there's an awful lot of truth in menopause. Truth around what you can eat. Truth about how you can use your body. And truth about how you feel about yourself and the world around you. Mm. Oh, I like that. Well, you know, thank you so much for this chat today. I think, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. So thank you again, Claire. Lovely to catch up and chat.
You too, Philippa. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome now. Have a good day. You too. Cheerio.